2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And
3: my name is Ashton.
2: Good morning. Good Hello. morning. All for at the old gang, back together. Yeah. yeah. When, when was the gang not together?
3: Well, we were together last week. We were together but last week. that was on a Wednesday, and then it's been, like... Four oh, days we since were. we've seen yeah. you.
2: Yeah. So
4: this I forgot was, that we squeezed one in before you left. We did mm-hmm. manage to squeeze yeah. one in. Yeah, It
3: was an After Dark that we did that Ben was right.
2: Yes. yes. Yeah, I wasn't on the After Dark. If no. you support us at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, you too can listen to After Dark, which is a bonus podcast where we don't talk about games. No. It's very good. You should go... Talks go about all things, kinds of things oh, this you week. You, you missed like, a good one. Sex talk and... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, not sex talk. Yeah, we talked gender about identity. gender identity.
3: And then we talked about... What celebrity would be your least favorite person to be on a desert island with? Oh, Just loads of stuff. Yeah, loads of things. Sounds
2: good. Maybe sounds I should uh, support support that there, Patreon. Maybe you and should. And I'd be able to listen to it and yeah. not miss out. Um, you guys uh, been up too much? You good? Not really done anything,
3: to be honest. Have you been up too no. much? No, not really.
2: No, well, just
3: you, you went to a different country. Went,
2: went on holiday. Went yeah. on holiday. that's yeah. nice. That's that's being up to something. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I did go on holiday, and that was that was very nice. Uh, the weather was better there than it is here. It's mm.
3: hot, miserable today. Yeah, I mean, it
2: didn't rain while you were away, but yeah, no, no we well, no. did a little bit, little spits. Well, here, I mean, oh right, yeah, we had okay. nice
3: weather, and now you've come back. So and I it's brought the bad three weather days yeah. straight. back little with
2: spits. me. Yeah. I've got wet socks. I've got wet shoes and mm. wet jeans.
3: Um I bought a different pair of trousers today because mm. I was like, I'm going to get drenched. Fair, I right. have a forty-five minute journey into work and I was like, I'm not wearing wet jeans all day. So I bought in a lovely pair of joggy bottoms. Joggy oh. bottoms. They are joggy
2: bottoms. They're very comfy. Mm. I should have thought Oh God, oh, this microphone. I should have thought ahead, really. Mm. I for the longest time was carrying because this happened this happens. This wetness, this does happen. Mm. And I was so fed up of it last time that I put a pair of socks in my bag, oh, a yeah. spare pair of socks, which have since been removed. And now I need them again, mm. and they're gone. Mm. I also used to run back from the office, and I had joggers in my bag. Could don't have put do jog, that anymore. Joggy no. bottoms on. could have had jogging bottoms myself. Old man, myself. knees
3: can't do it anymore. Yeah,
2: got injured, so don't do that. And ben, I'm wet. Yeah, what's up?
3: You have a sponsor for this week's podcast. Wow,
2: rude, but yes, I do. I was getting to it.
3: I know you were. I just thought, let's do it now.
2: <laughs> She's fed up with me talking about <laughs> jogging so, bottoms. apparently. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm in a that, foul mood. You've not today. found
2: that's out
4: what, uh, what I've been up to. Well, Peter, what no, have you days, been up to? Just you know, not not much really. Just unpacking boxes. So now, not nothing interesting. Any jogging just bottoms come out of those? Boxes? Uh, I had them with me, my because they're my comfies as I call them. Mm. I put my comfies on when I get home from work, so I had them in my suitcase rather than in a box taped mm. up. So okay. they, they, I was never
2: without them.
3: My mum refers to comfy's comfies as f- her fat pants. <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: heard them referred to as civvies as well. Yeah. Civvies, yeah. She at home
3: like, put your fat pants on, time to sit on the
2: sofa. Fat pants, that's a good one. She loves it. Uh, before Ashton explodes, I'll talk about this week's yes, sponsor. Yes, if you could. Uh, each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor, Is he here? No, he wasn't here when we did After Dark either. He didn't want
3: to make the journey into work this morning. It's too wet. So he's probably at home, relaxing, uh, chillaxing.
2: Dead Island to the spider uh, who has not graced us with uh, their presence again Mm. this week. The longer they're away, the more worried we'll become. I,
4: I think at some point, one of us will have to just... Sneak in a new spider and not tell the other team. Yes, two. bring in a brand new <laughs> spider. I've got yeah. a spindly spider at home in my have lounge. You? I might bring it
2: in in a box, in a matchbox. You should. Just let it loose. And yeah. I think that's a great idea. Mm. Uh, we're sponsored by a very real video game Jason sponsor. I have the ad read right here. Uh, this week, I'm thrilled to announce that uh, Bandai Namco have partnered with the uh, School Science Company. Y- yeah, that's a real one. Okay. right? Okay. Uh, in order to bring a new educational kit into schools for children to learn uh, about how things work and how science goes. And uh, it's a new science set that you can set up in the classroom uh, where you have control over the little lives in front of you based on the decisions you make, like whether or not you feed them and... Whatever it else you hold your breath, right. whatever else it is that yeah. you do with these things, it's called the Dark Pictures Anthology, and it's <laughs> available right now uh, for schools. Only in schools, though. Okay. okay. And you can you see the sort of from the side? Do you on? make
3: decisions for them? Yeah. Like, like Flood one tunnel and let's see what happens.
2: Exactly. F- no food. No food. No oxygen. Mm. Uh, sunlight. Extra leaf. Do they need sunlight? I Suppose they don't. Extra nah. leaf. Yeah. I don't think
3: they do ants need sunlight? Well, they need some like, for like the things they eat, but that's I assume true. they don't actually need something. I'll tell you who
4: would know. Who would Dr. would Dr. 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 Ant Hill.
2: Dr. <laughs> Dr. Ant, <laughs> Hill. Ant Hill. Dr. Ant Hill would definitely know. Uh, the RRP is uh, $49.99, right. and it's available right now.
3: Do schools have to pay for it? Yes. Or does it get paid for by the taxpayer? Mm, is
2: it subsidized? That's, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. Okay, thank you, if you could. But you can, you can pay, it, pay for it with real money. Not tax money, right. but
3: only if you're a school.
2: But only if you're a school. <laughs> this is strictly school only stuff. You oh, have okay. to prove that you're a school. Yeah, um, like when how you buy it.
3: when you go on delivery, they say we will not deliver to a school. Yeah, why do mm. they do that? Uh, and now it's like they, we will only deliver to a school.
2: Exactly. That's it. Uh, Dark pictures and Hillergy, uh, the new one is out. It's not out. It's not real. Unfortunately, oh. uh, Dark Pictures okay. and Hilogy is not real. Um, you can just go play with ants wherever you wherever answer solve find them yeah Uh, so go and enjoy that no we're not sponsored by dark pictures and hillogy we're sponsored by wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as one dollar per month you could submit questions to this podcast and uh what's up (laughs) we're We're a bit in sync then uh, it's a bit weird and also get access to other tiers as well lots of other amazing rewards thank you so much for for your consideration we've got a question Mm. Mm. Peter's going to read it. It's from Janet Wicks, who says, "Hey,
4: abap, what's your favourite controller of all time? And which one do you hate the most? Good question, Janet.
3: Good question, Janet. I can't
4: believe we've not covered this before on the podcast. Um, I think the best controller is the (laughs) DualSense controller. Um, It's haptic. It feels. It has feelings. Yeah. um, Mm. And, you know, it just does stuff.
3: Uh, is the dual sense the playstation 5 could yeah say, yeah i like the, the dual shock is the fourth yeah
4: yeah yeah i like the triggers i like the the special vibrations um <laughs> to all of it it's great it's a really good controller feels good in the hand i have been playing a lot of ps2 that will say a lot of i've not played much gaming at all but what i have done is played on my ps2 because i unpacked it from a box and went oh yeah and uh wow holding one of those controllers now is weird um, they're all sort of it's an official controller, but it's like hollow. It kind of creaks when you like sort mm-hmm. of squeeze it too much or move it around. It's not heavy and weighty. They're rubbish in hindsight. <laughs> it seemed fine at the time, but um yeah, it really makes the dual sense seem even better now when you hold a really old one.
3: I like the personality you developed when you talked about the dual sense.
4: Yeah, the dual sense. It's just I think the word sense just yeah. makes me speak in a bit more of a sensitive manner. Yeah. Um, Maybe you say your favourites now and then we can do worst, least favourites. Worst, least favourites. Yeah, worst, least, least favourites.
3: Okay. Um... Controversial opinion, but I actually prefer the DualShock controller oh. mainly because I think sometimes the PlayStation Five controller gives me hand cramp. It hurts my thing my fingers. I think it's too big for my hands. That and the current Xbox controllers, I've got one recently, and it, when I've used it for too long, I get hand cramp and have to like click all my fingers oh, yeah. because it's like too big. So I think that the PlayStation Four controller was the perfect size for my. Lady Hands, um, but I do like a lot of the features on the place on the the Dual Sense, and um, I like how you can customize the Xbox controllers however you want them to look. However, uh, mainly make my handset. So I like the DualShock because nice and small and feels nice in hand. I'll tell
4: you what I don't like about the DualSense is the fact that it tells me every time I turn my PS5 on to update it. And the reason it tells me every time is because I always (laughs) say no. (laughs) Have you considered updating it? "Mm, No, no. I haven't. Does that with the one in
3: the office as well, and I'm always like, uh, later.
4: Well, yeah, it's like Whenever if I'm turning on my console, that means I want to play games right now. Mm. You know, that's like the mindset I'm in. Time to play games. And if the first thing I'm greeted by is... Do you want to like get up off the sofa, plug your controller into a cable and then sit and watch a progress bar? I'm like, if you're giving me the option to say no, I'm going to say no, because the other option to doing that is to... Play games, you know. Sit and watch that or play games right now.
3: I keep doing that as well because I don't want to get out of my blanket nest that I've like just like put myself in and I've looked up at the TV and it says update your controller. I'm just like, I'm not getting out. this. It's too cold out there. I'm going to stay in my nest and I'm just going to play with my out of date control. I
4: wish when I pressed switch off, uh, it would flag up a quick thing saying, by the way, do you want to take this opportunity to update your controller? And I would say, yes. Yes, I'd say, I do. No, I'm not Are getting you sure you would do that? Or would it be another opportunity to say no? well i'd be getting up at that point anyway because generally i turn my console off when i'm going to bed or something so right. at that point i would maybe just shove it in rest i don't think it can update during rest well this is also but...
3: sometimes when i'm playing with one controller the other one's plugged in to the playstation 5 why can't i play my game and you update my controller at yeah, the same time be because good. my other one's over here now i'm using it but next time i use that one why did you just update it it's plugged in
2: so it's very important to update your controller. So what your if controller. someone hacks But why it? does it need to be updated? What are you going to do? What if Take someone... control of my game? Yeah. What, what if Talk someone to hacks me through it? the speed. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Could. they could just the mission. Make be... the triggers not pullable at all. <laughs> a little 11-year-old talking to you out of your controller, just <laughs> heckling <laughs> yeah. you like a gun from Borderlands. Yeah. That was rubbish. You're terrible. Get good. I don't understand why it has to be done over a cable, though. Why can't no. it not just be done wirelessly? I don't yeah. even
3: understand why. What it needs to do mm. it still works if don't update it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: and that's why up it's updating. your favorite controller, right? No. Second, at least, Second, it, at, not at my least favorite. behind the DualShock. The DualShock
3: is better. I
2: know, I know. I'm pulling your leg, I know. Ashton. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought we weren't talking about our least favourites Yeah, com- It's
3: not my least favourite.
2: No, it's not. Okay. You yeah. just don't like just it as much like as the DualShock. Yeah. Oh, it
3: hurts my hands. <laughs> What's your favourite? Uh,
2: for me, it would either be the DualShock 4, uh, mm-hmm. just because I've found that a very comfortable controller to hold, um, and I have no real issue with the Dual Sense. I think it's a, a bit of a, a bit of a marvel. It's got a lot of stuff in it that's very cool. But I do kind of tune a lot of it out, like the mm. triggers and stuff. I just I kind so of, do
3: the games that PlayStation make. They ignore half the controls on the. They they controller.
2: do they do sometimes yeah. yeah. Uh, so f- yeah, for me it was probably the Dual Shock Four. I'd like I've I've largely played PlayStation my entire life Uh, so my experience with controllers is somewhat limited Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk about obviously the least favorite controllers in a moment and there are some obvious answers but having personally not actually used those controllers i can't really say those as my least favorite controllers Uh, i'm also a big fan of the series s slash x controller which i've sort of had to get used to when i got a series s i wasn't a huge fan of the d-pad because i found that when i was trying to navigate things there wasn't it's hard to put into words because obviously it's a very precise controller Mm. but I didn't feel like I had the nuance over Or I was more used to the PlayStation controller. Yeah, because it's all it's it's all it's all attached. So like I was finding that when I was pressing left or or right, it was going diagonally, like down. Oh right, stuff like that. Because it's yeah, it's not it's not uh, separate buttons, which is what I'm used to. Uh, But I do really like that controller, and uh, and so I suppose that's one of my favorites as well. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite controllers. What about your? Which one do you hate the most though? I mean, I've got.
4: I've written down three, and I've thought of a fourth one. Which, But the fourth one is one that seems maybe one of the more obvious answers, but I actually would defend it a little bit, which is the original Xbox controller, which was massive. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was like, you know, a huge thing. Mm. Yeah, and when it first came out, everyone was like, what the hell is this? Um, but I just got used to it, and eventually it was, I mean, it it wasn't one of my favorites of all time, but it was just okay. It was You know, it, it seemed strange and way too big when it was first revealed, but it was fine. So that might be one that springs to mind for a lot of people, but I would say not actually that bad. Uh, but ones that I do hate, <laughs> you can forgive it for being really, really old. But the NES is just a rectangle and hurts after five minutes. Um, so don't like that. Uh, I don't. I low key don't like the GameCube controller. Right, I think it. Yeah, I think it like looks weird. Why are the thumbsticks different? i think you mean the c stick sorry yes i do why are they different (laughs) why are even the face buttons just strangely different shapes and colors like it just seems like someone only had a few like spare bits of other controllers left and had to throw something it's whimsical it's quirky isn't it it's so nintendo (laughs) as is the N64 controller, mm. which again, I got used to back in the days when I used to play a lot of N64 at my friend's house. And so in that sense, I suppose it was fine because eventually I was like, yeah, this is this is okay. But really, it's not, is it? It's got three handles. You have to like choose which two things you want to hold. It's got a thumbstick in the middle. It again, it's got sort of a weird combination of buttons it's just strange um so i don't know i mean overall if i don't make allowances for its age i would say the nes controller is the worst because it just is a rectangle that hurts your hand but maybe maybe the gamecube i dislike more than the n64 just because it's stupid <laughs> for the sake of it
2: it's such a strange one because i feel that that's a controversial opinion yeah but at the same time i completely agree mm. and i i understand that people would get accustomed to such controller but it's using one is so alien yeah it's so bizarre and unlike any other controller and it's so iconic as well but i feel like people would would defend it to the death and i do not know why yeah uh, apart from nostalgia (laughs) and love for it of course it is the
4: it is because it partly doesn't have Quite the same kind of universal. You know, you can pick up. I could pick up a like a Steam Deck controller and probably get by, like with never having used one before. But to pick up a GameCube controller, yeah, it's the right shape. It's not like a, a an N sixty four or a Wiimote or something. It's still you hold it on both sides, face buttons, thumbsticks. But the names of the buttons seem strange. <laughs> the just the shape of it. Yeah, it's it's all just. It it looks like it's more. Uh, has more in common with other controllers than it really does I think and then the moment you get one in your hand if you're not a regular GameCube player then you're like what the hell's going on
3: speaking of the Steam deck uh, that's my least uh, the Steam controller that's my oh, least favourite well, I've never used oh. one
4: but I just assumed that it's a yeah.
3: bit of a niche one but I hate it can't stand it um, my boyfriend had one when we first started playing games together and I refused to use it I'd What's rather I like play I just don't like the fact that it doesn't have thumbsticks it has like in, like indented touch so like pads pad things, yeah. for the controls. It also does weird vibrations when you use those and I didn't like them. They freaked me out. Uh, I just think that it just doesn't make sense. Why do you need to have touch pads? I know that obviously it's meant to be used with like PCs in general, but you can use a mouse with a, a thumb pad a thumb stick. I don't need these touch pads. I just really didn't like them and I couldn't get on with it and I just couldn't like figure it out in... Like, most games, it was just difficult to work with. So I'd refuse to play with it. I'd make him play with it, and I'd play with the wide in Xbox controller that had, like, wires frayed out of it. But I was like, I'm not playing that. I'm not playing with that stupid controller. I hate it. Um, I just don't like it. I have a real a real hate for it. Whenever I see it in a drawer, I'm always like, oh, I hate that controller. I forgot it had the hate thumb pads.
4: Maybe I wouldn't find it as easy to
3: pick up. No, as, it's yeah. just like a weird, like like learning curve of going from the thumbsticks of literally every other controller in existence mm. to the touchpads because they're also like, they're invert like indented into the controller. They're like a little bowl. So you're kind of having to like move further if you're going all the way to the left or the right. I just didn't like it. Just think it's a silly controller.
2: Mm. Fair enough. Uh My least favorite controller is probably the launch a uh, ps3 controller the six axis controller uh which didn't have any vibration in it because sony decided that vibration was no longer the future mm. so they gutted that out and they gave you the cheapest lightest feeling controller i have ever used uh it the ps3 controller was already a last minute revision because they were going to do the banana controller yeah. Uh, which would have been worse which would have been worse yeah <laughs> it feels like the dual shock 4 is actually sort of a middle ground because that's got quite long prongs on either side mm, uh, yeah. but not quite as long as the banana and so it was basically just a, a dual shock 2 from the ps2 but they took out the vibration and made it wireless and yes it did have tilt functionality and no it didn't work perfectly but then they just decided actually no vibration people do want that and then they released the dualshock 3 which is this pretty standard ps3 controller most people will have used but the original one was so light it just felt cheap Mm. and rubbish and Mm. weird and there was no vibration for like the first however long however many years of the ps3 being out no games had vibration support uh which was really bizarre so that is probably my least favorite one
4: when i look just literally clap eyes on an original launch um ps1 controller before it had thumbsticks it just the level of nostalgia it fills my brain with like all i have to do is put my eyes on one and i can like feel the chemicals in my brain being released
2: (laughs) play spyro
4: yeah Mm. because that was like the first controller i ever used i played loads of multiplayer with you know, my siblings and stuff using one of those. And then we eventually got um, analog ones and it's like, okay, yeah, they're fine. And they still have a bit of a throwback. But yeah, seeing
2: one of the really old ones is like, hell yes, <laughs> I like those. Amazing. Well, it's time to move on to a section we've never done before. It's called What We Play In. Oh, no. No, you don't do that No, yet. you don't do that yet. It. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we've been playing. Peter, what have you been playing? Well, I mentioned earlier I've been playing some PS2,
4: and you mentioned a minute ago play some, play Spyro. Play Spyro is oh. the word you used. Okay. Uh, I've been playing Spyro 1 and Spyro 2, trying to work out if and what and how I can do another sort of challenge stream. Um, we were talking about it recently, weren't we, that maybe we could this year one or more of us do a few sort of interesting streams perhaps around christmas or something um so was it a year ago or two years ago i did um uh spyro one without breathing fire and there was one place where i had to breathe fire even though i had video evidence of there being a way to do it without breathing fire but it was like a a one in a thousand sort of glitchy jump so uh, i was like okay can i do that again this year but like get some practice in and and do that. Um, So I I was practicing on that a little bit. That was on the Reignited Trilogy, to be fair. Then I moved over to the PS1 version of the same game, Spyro 1, because there was a different way to get up the same ledge, which is also very, very difficult. (laughs) So I've been practicing that as well. And I've sort of decided maybe it would still take me like 100 tries. So now I'm trying to, or I'm sort of exploring whether I can do Spyro 2 without gliding at all in the game okay mm. what's the verdict so far so far yes but i'm only like
3: isn't there a whole through. level where you have to like glide jump off things or is that a different one of the Might games the third one with um, the big like ramps
4: Ooh. in spyro one there is oh but, maybe um, i'm thinking of spyro one but you're like supercharging, yeah. so you don't have to glide necessarily oh, okay. um I oh, I
3: hated
4: that level. <laughs> yeah. Is that me, the wood Me one?
3: too. I made Ben do that.
4: <laughs> oh, there's two. Yeah, there's there's Treetops, which is a superchargy one. Oh, and then oh, there's High Caves as well. High Caves was the, the one I made. I made, I made yeah. my
3: boyfriend do that one. I'm, I'm not doing this. It's too hard.
4: Um, so, yeah, so far I can. So, like, it's, it's with the caveat of, like, well, I can use, like, interesting glitches and out-of-bounds things to, like, get around places. Mm. And the good thing is in Spyro 2 uh on the ps1 version there is a glitchy double jump (gasps) whoa two-thirds of a triple jump that you can do that was unintentional and they removed it in the reignited trilogy because it shouldn't have been in there but it allows you to just get like out of the levels and stuff and so i'm hopeful i might be able to do it um not promising that that's what i'll be doing this year but i may or may not be doing spyro 2 uh, without gliding so I played a little bit of those games this week, but I've not had a lot of time to game this week at all. Um, And then hopefully this weekend, I'll be able to start God of War. So Mm. yeah, that's what I've been up to. Very exciting. Ashton, what have you been playing?
3: I have played a little bit of Herb's Sims in the City on the GameCube, uh, well, an emulator version of that. I was seeing my boyfriend at the weekend and he was like, I think you'll really like this game. Turns out he was right. I do want. I did like it, and I want to play more, but I can't. I was going to say
4: with a the game. rubbish controller, but if you emulated it,
3: we emulated mm, it. I was using that. a PlayStation Five controller. Um, I had a great time. Some of the game in that game, mini games are just rubbish and annoying. You have to like keep spamming X to like level up your abilities and stuff. But I was having a great time. I was like level 150 or 170 in like star power and MB was only like 70 and he was like, I can't get into any of these rooms. And I was like, just catch up, just get good. Um so I played quite a lot of that over the weekend. And then I'm about twenty hours into God of War. Um, man, this game's really good. I love the story of it so far. I'm so interested. Someone was saying that they um thought that it was a bit like slow going and took a long time to get to where it was going. And people were saying that it takes like 10 hours to get into the story, which I personally don't think is true because it kind of like kicks off pretty much straight away. Um, and I I really have enjoyed pretty much all of it so far. Uh, the climbing is a little bit slow, uh, which is kind of annoying because there's a one point where you have to climb a big area that takes quite a while because the, the climbing can feel quite sluggish. Um, and also... I want to preface this by saying I do really like this game and I do think it is a proper contender for game of the year. However, I think this is the first time since playing a game that is kind of like the PS5 era where it feels like the game was built with PlayStation 4 in mind and scaled up for PlayStation 5. I think that the graphics are still really good and you can definitely tell that like they've upgraded the graphics to PlayStation 5. But a couple of times, I've been really excited to go into like populated areas and have NPCs just kind of loitering around because we've gone to like little towns or whatever. And nearly every single time that I've encountered a a pop, what's the word, settlement, settlement, or something. a settlement, yeah, or, or something, um, the the NPCs are given a reason not to be there and it's empty,
4: uh.
3: which I kind of feel like they're like, well. If we render too many little dudes, uh, we won't be able to run it as well on the PlayStation 4. So it's kind of like just cut out. And there was one point where I could see a settlement of people and I wasn't allowed to go down there during the mission I was doing. I had to just look at it from above. And even then they were just kind of standing in one spot and not moving. And I just kind of feel a little bit disappointed by that so far. But like I say, this game apparently is 50 hours long and I'm 20 hours into the game. So... There might be the occasion where I do visit towns that have NPCs dotted around, but so far hasn't felt like I've really been given that opportunity. There was maybe one time in the game so far where there's been like off kind of screen or not directly into what I'm doing, characters doing stuff and like making voice lines and stuff. But um, I do think that this game is really good and I do think that everyone should play it if you enjoyed 2018 this is just like a direct continuation and definitely feels like more of the same game and that's really good there's new mechanics there's new weapons um i really like some of the other stuff i don't want to spoil it in terms of the story but you get quite a lot of ability to upgrade atreus um and the voice lines are really good and i don't think the npcs are chatting too much that was also another criticism i've seen leveled at it is that NPC chatter is too constant.
4: They give like puzzle solutions really quickly.
3: But like I don't that think that they do all the time. Thread. I've seen, yeah, I've seen that. There's been a couple of times where like, I've known what I need to do, but I'm just faffing around opening chests and stuff. But most of the time... The only time that they give me help is when I'm actually genuinely confused about what I'm supposed to be doing. But that's quite useful. Um, And I just like the way that they're always talking, like constantly having discussions about things. At one point, Atreus gets told off for swearing and it makes me laugh because like Kratos is just being a dad. And he's like, "Uh, do you really think it's suitable to be saying swear words? And I'm like, my God, he's such a dad. What's going on? Um, And it's just, I just like it. They keep um, been making fun of me for going off and getting chests. And I'm always a bit sad. They're like, oh, what's Kratos doing? And they're like, oh, he just really likes loot. And I'm like, shut up. I just want to get this chest, all right? Um, but yeah, I think it's really good. And I'm excited to keep playing it. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm probably going to finish it by next week because I haven't got any plans for this weekend except play God of War. So, mm-hmm. so, nice. so yeah. Exciting. Excellent. you've been playing some god of war as well haven't you? i have
2: indeed yes uh, before that though i remembered that the airbnb i was staying in when i was on ho- holiday had a mm. ps2 yes it did it? Uh, so i played i i took my copy of uh smackdown here comes the pain with me because i thought it would be funny um, and uh it wasn't but i did take i took it anyway i put it in my very small ryanair luggage mm-hmm. uh, which was not what you would normally associate with small luggage, which would be a small suitcase, it's literally a backpack. A backpack. Yeah. Uh, and then when we got on the plane, they were like, "Put stuff in the overhead lockers." Yeah. So they we, just don't care.
3: We did yeah. the same thing as we were like, we only took really small bags, and then yeah. we, we put a cabin bag in because we were like going for a week and a bit. And we're like, we've not got enough room in our backpacks, and we got on the plane. And everyone just had like handheld like yeah. suitcases, they don't, they don't and I was like, Are "You crap. joking? I've paid forty quid to get in the bloody hold."
2: Yeah, they don't get. You have to pay for the overhead luggage storage, and then they just didn't care. Everyone mm. just put their stuff up there. Mm. Um, so that was great. Anyway, I dedicated some of my very limited bag space to uh, SmackDown. Here comes the pain. I played a little bit of that, but not a lot because I was on holiday. Mm. They also had a stack of PS2 games. Most of them. Horrible movie tie-in. Yeah, I mm. can imagine
3: in Latvia and I reckon
2: no, they were all in English. Oh, actually. Okay, all English copies. And that's a shame. Uh, I played a little bit of uh, oh, what was it? It was Pirates. Excuse me, Pirates of the Caribbean, Legend of Jack Sparrow, or something. Right. I don't think it was movie tie-in related. It was just it had their likenesses and. Sort of uh, sound alike. The knockoffs. Yeah. So. Do some jackanisms. Mm. No jackanisms. No jackanisms. I didn't play it very long. It was. Crap. So uh and then I just went out and explored the city. So I will was, just say uh,
4: before you move on to God of War and what else you've been playing, I mm. appreciate that this year, this this week, um I've been playing Spyro One and Two, Ashton's been playing Herbs and you've been playing SmackDown <laughs> <Hit Cuts laughs> yes
2: It is two thousand. What year and, uh, is this? Four. And yeah. last
4: week
3: we all complained about how there was too many brand new games coming and out. And we all sat through and didn't play the most recent like releases. Mm. But... In my
2: defense, I didn't have access no. to my no. to my no. console. <laughs> um so there we are. Anyway, yes, God of War is the main thing I've been playing. Um, I had a couple of days off the other side of coming back from holiday and I intended to play as much God of War as possible because I went away on holiday the day it came out. So didn't get the chance to play it before I went away. And uh, I'm maybe 16 hours into it now. I heard that it could be completed in about 25 hours mm. if you golden pass it, uh-huh. i.e. not do any of the side stuff. And i got to say, it's, it's a phenomenal game just get that out of the way. My, my heart does sink every time I get to an area and they're like, here's a boat. Here's a huge place to, to sail around and all these shores to hop off the boat and all these side things mm-hmm. and, and challenges and it's a couple of little questies. And I just, I do them all, but begrudgingly <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to have to, I've got to help this, this lady find her Orb, Bold, I suppose. Yeah. Haven't I got go find the orb? I, I suppose. <laughs> um, I feel like the game would be just as good if they got rid of that stuff and it was just you are in an area to do the story stuff and then you move on. I feel like it would have been just as excellent. The the side stuff is inoffensive and it does actually contain some really good character moments and mm-hmm. and sort of little stories off to the side. But then it is also accompanied by the usual guff that you would expect Mm. like here's a chest but you've got to throw your axe in a certain way to get access to the chest Mm -hmm. how are you gonna do it oh you have to stand on this pixel well
3: you're gonna have to
2: youtube a video of that to find out the exact spot you need to stand in because it's a bit esoteric um i i don't I don't dislike it, but I I would rather it not be there because I feel an overwhelming compulsion to do it whenever it's there. Mm. And I do kind of just want to get on with the story. And I feel like the side stuff that I have played that has trophies associated in our big sort of private character moments could easily have been rolled into the main story mm. um, and and just sort of made mandatory. But I I think it's really, really good. Uh, there are There is one area I went to where there was a surprising lack of polish, which considering the rest of the game is so polished. I
3: think I know which area it is. There's okay. one specific realm where I had s- like bunch of screen tearing and like a bunch of issues just on one realm that then since I've left, I've not encountered even a little mm. bit.
2: Well, I don't know that I had screen tearing, but it was, I had like lines of dialogue were like stacking over mm-hmm. each other. And there was just like a strange lack of attention to detail. Like the, you would lift up a, a a big flipping, what's it called? Rock to, to get through an area. And you could see, like the camera would show the fact that it, it was just clipping through the the, the cliff face at the side and lifting right. up and then clipping back down like it didn't fit snugly mm. and it could have been hit hidden by a different camera angle but it showed the whole thing and it just looked a bit sloppy and that was kind of weird I know it was developed during COVID and stuff but the rest of the game is so pristine that I found that genuinely quite mm. shocking mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really really liking this game not so I'm just going to talk about the things that are annoying me really because I think I think it is incredible but I feel like there's a lot of menus um mm-hmm. especially the the armor equipping and amulets oh and God, runes yeah. and it's i get lost in it mm-hmm. so too. easily it looks very samey and i'm not a huge fan of of all that stuff i don't mind the fact that there's armor and all this stuff but it is I do, I'm not a huge fan of the menus.
3: There is a lot of stats and a lot of things you have to be aware of. And I'm just acutely yeah. aware that I'm like, I've not got the optimum build. I have literally no idea which one I've even got equipped at this point. There was more I'm than just, enough
4: of that for me in the first game, there's to be more. honest. Like, there is so well, much. Yeah, I, I've I've heard that there's a lot more to go at in this one. But yeah, like even in the first game, I was like, this is more than I require for my... For my character who is known for just punching his way through or axing his Mm. way through Mm -hmm. monsters, you know? I don't need this
2: nuance. Yeah. I really like the story. I also like the fact that they all talk to each other all the time because they're not just talking about crap. Like, they are talking about norse mythology and yeah, how it pertains to the characters who are present mm-hmm. um
3: they talk quite a lot about kratos's life and yeah, the yeah they games do they, they refer a lot
2: to to the old games now, they made um, all stars yeah they made
3: yeah. all stars canon No, I haven't,
2: I haven't i haven't i'm not aware of that i saw the headline but I it's literally just
3: a little bit of dialogue when i was like in one of the sleds he says didn't you yeah. used to fight in like some kind of arena against like rogues and uh, princesses and stuff and oh, Kratos God. is like we don't talk about that oh
4: man. people at first would say uh, and he says uh and history's greatest musician as well yes and people were that. saying oh no this is actually a mortal kombat reference because of rain who is prince um he's based on prince uh but apparently it's been confirmed i can't remember where or how but basically they've said no this is this is actually a all-stars reference they reference yeah,
3: quite yeah, a lot yeah. of playstation in the game there's mm. like a set of poems that you can pick up that like reference a bunch of other games just like that you kind of have to figure out and i really like that i picked mm. up the first one and i was like this is gonna be my favorite thing to find <laughs> but i yeah i really like them
2: combat is fantastic mm-hmm. i will say that i really really like it i am finding that i'm using the axe way more than the blades of chaos See, that's
3: funny i'm using the blades all the time oh, i'm rarely oh, using okay. the axe because i just like just throwing my blade and just blowing people up.
2: Ah, to see you it becomes sort of like that you you have to develop a real muscle memory for mm. tap 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 pause
0: and r2. now tap 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 yeah. again
2: yeah there's there's lots of hold r1 and then hold r2 but if you hold l1 and r1 you could do a special move and like there's and lots of muscle like, memory and i can't really yeah. I've got, i feel like i've got that down for the axe but not for the blades of chaos you so. can
3: upgrade all of your skills so the more you use a skill the like better it gets and once you unlock gold level you can put an extra like stat into it so if you do a certain move over and over again mm. you get to like add like damage or incendiary or like stun and mm. i like that I, I do use the blades all the time i think i've upgraded okay. more of the blades um skills that i have the axe funnily enough mm. well hey, two different people two different guy.
2: I? I will advise though that people don't do what i did which was uh go into the settings and enable or check the box that says um like enhanced frame rate
0: mm. and it's
2: like where possible mm. and that's only supported that's only for like high refresh rate monitors and like super super swanky TVs, (laughs) and so what it does if you don't have those is it basically plays at 30 fps so for the first like hour i was thinking man it kind of runs like crap (laughs) this is weird and i sent my friend a message like is it running a bit chunky and he's like no 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 like it's smooth for me so i sent him a photo and he said oh i unchecked that thing I was like, okay. And then it was like, wow, this (laughs) runs amazingly. Who would have thought that ticking the box that says enable enhanced frame rate would slow it down? Mm. You would think it would just like
4: make no difference or mm, yeah. if you have the tv you see it and if you don't it's just stays at 60 but so
2: yeah d- beware of that if it's running a bit crap uh then maybe turn that setting off if you got it turned on uh but it yeah it, i i agree and that i would love to see this if it was unshackled by being a ps4 game as well but these are the times that we live in and we all spent r- silly money on a ps5 uh, even though all the- Flip in exclusives are on PS4 as well but there mm-hmm. we go. I think it's a phenomenal game. I'm really excited to play more. Uh, the prospect of it being 50 hours fills me with dread. I think
3: that's m- fully completed everything, picking everything up right. in kind my of situation. I do
2: want to get the platinum if I can, but mm. I yeah, it's it's so good. I just why does it have to why does every game have to be so big? Yeah. Why is the why do they all have to be so big? It's yeah. it's a it's like I think push square described it as like sony at their at their most pomp and it's like, I, yeah i get it this is where all the budget goes this is where all the money goes and that's mm-hmm. why it's so fine-tuned and why it's so hefty but i just it could be it could be 15 hours long can you imagine mm. if it was 15 hours long well that's
4: I mean, we're going to get to Game of the Year announcement. I'd spend uh, the same amount of money. Yeah.
2: I'd spend the same money to get a 15-hour God of War game that was this polished. Mm. It's my
4: issue with the whole industry at the moment, to be honest, that those are all the best games, and I just don't have time. (laughs) I
2: barely have time for one of them at any given moment, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's what I have played. Let's uh, let's move on to question no. no. let's not oh. let's what? not move on. We are actually going to move on to a brand new section. Uh, I suppose we should give a bit of a backstory here because we are planning on rolling this section out uh, in more with more ferocity in the Ooh. new year. Yeah. Quip Scope uh, will still exist for now, but going forward, we'll be rolling the Quip Scopes or what was Quip Scopes into our brand new section, Review Corner. Mm. The first of which is right now. Oh. James Jenkins. Hello. Welcome uh, what, to the Review Corner. Oh uh what do you make of it? Isn't it spacious? It's it's nice. It's lovely. What a what a beautiful corner you've you've made. This, Help this yourself to a drink from the bar. Don't actually oh. because we're, it's it's office free, hours free, so that's that would be unprofessional. Uh, but this is the brand new section too late. called Put it down. Oh. It's the brand new section that we're doing in the podcast called Review Corner where Yes. Games would traditionally be featured on a standalone Quipscope. We're starting to roll them in here. Uh, this mm. week, you're going to be talking to me about Pentiment, Ooh. which has just released on Game Pass and has been getting That's really, right. really, really good reviews. Yeah, uh, It's sort of caught many people's eyes where was it first shown off was it like uh, a xbox I showcase say it was
5: yeah it was probably an xbox showcase or maybe like a um one of the uh Bethesda summer games thingies? fest uh, yeah it, it, it was some sort of show that it was it was shown off in, initially right and yeah very very eye-catching for the for the art style the commitment to the uh to the old school art style but yeah um so basically pentiment i mean it's uh it's It's been out since, like, November 15th, I believe, so, like, yeah, just this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's essentially a historical narrative adventure. It's very... Um, it sort of portrays as, like, a, a medieval murder mystery, essentially. Okay. And um, with a lot of uh, point-and-click sort of, you know, Monkey Island-style vibes to it in terms of how it controls and a lot of uh, branching choices with... Um, how the story unfolds as well Mm. so like very sort of um rpg-esque in that way although you don't necessarily have you know your your typical rpg battles or anything like that right right um so yeah obviously the the art style very very unique very sort of old-fashioned i did have to look up the the official sort of term so it's based on like the the illuminated manuscripts that you get in old um you know sort of uh Scribed like uh, books and stuff that used to be done in abbeys. So, so that's by what monks. it's called,
2: illuminated manuscript. That's the
5: style, yeah, of okay. uh, of those books and those sort of um, you know uh, pieces of art that are in those those yeah. yeah those books. So yeah, it's it's quite interesting. It's very um, very committed to the bit, <laughs> shall we say?
2: <laughs> And it's developed by Obsidian, isn't it? Of course, yes. So it yes. wouldn't have been. I said it, it was maybe featured at a Bethesda conference. I think, obviously, there's a lot of yeah. crossover in there, past course, yeah. New Vegas and stuff. But that was a mistake on my part. Well, it's they're Obsidian. All, owned,
5: all owned by the same guys again now anyway. So, are, it's um, all come
2: full circle. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this is on Game Pass. And <clears throat> Indeed. how does it play? Well, it basically plays
5: a bit like a, a visual novel with a slash, you know, point and click adventure game really okay. it's it's very um narrative heavy it's quite a, a slow burn at the start because it's it's i mean and i don't say that necessarily as a bad point that's kind of the vibe that it's going for so um i've i've heard it's you know sort of like 15 20 hours on but it's it's basically you you start up you're playing as uh Andreas mailer uh, an artist in uh, a Bavarian town of Tassing okay um so and yeah, it's it's set in the sixteenth century and you're just um you yeah, know, aside from a, a very strange dream sequence at the start where you're kind of dealing with weird characters in this court of like your own inner monologue, mm-hmm. uh it's you sort of wake up and you just chilling out, you're wandering about uh you know, on a on a 2D plane, talking to various different people. Um I should mention if if you're uh, watching this on the uh the YouTube uh video uh feed then it's uh you you probably will have noticed that there's a big head mode because i switched on almost immediately so that's okay so you're playing Um, with big head mode yeah it's weird that they've given that um, such a like, there are a range of you know, you, there's a scale from super big out to you know, just regular. it's regular. Oh, wow, strange, okay. This is obviously a very important thing to mention, yeah, of but, course, it's a core, <laughs> a
2: core tenet of the game,
5: yeah. But essentially, it's uh, you're making conversation with the different people, different townsfolk in the um, in, in this town, uh, you're um in terms of like the story you are a sort of traveling artist on your uh what do they call it uh, your wonder your basically your wander years like oh, your okay. your uh, your gap year your gap year yeah right. okay. um uh, where sort of artists are encouraged to go out and just work in a craft in different places so mm-hmm. you have a uh, in in terms of like you know your traditional rpg things that you might expect you have a few different um backgrounds that you can choose like so where you um grew up uh slash studied initially so like italy or france and that affects um different things the, all these backgrounds will affect different like choices that will pop up that otherwise wouldn't be available mm-hmm. in certain conversations and situations um so your uh your academic background as well i so i i chose to be like a, a rapscallion because i thought that was fun but Mm -hmm. also a very educated one because i know latin and medicine so okay a weird sort of mix
2: and um so is it a bit sort of disco elysium-esque in terms of all of your stats and skills it's changing how you play that's I mean that's basically
5: the extent of your your own skills really it's not quite as okay. in depth as the likes of disco Elysium. Right. so you you have that sort of initial bit in the first you know half an hour to an hour where they're introduced sort of naturally during different conversations and then <clears throat> Button me and then uh on you go really to uh to just go about your regular medieval working day mm-hmm. um you you head on up to what well, you meet a uh a nice lovely uh nobleman who's well I say lovely seems a bit shifty but seems very friendly with you uh not very popular with the rest of the town and so that's when it kind of um you know that's that's the sort of the seeds of doubt being placed in there but um, yeah and then and then you carry on and do your do your regular stuff and, and meet different characters up at the Abbey where you're working um the various different monks and uh should say it does seem very historically accurate as well uh, or or at least as much as it can be in this sort of situation there was um you yeah, know mention of uh, Sir Martin Luther who was basically like the the person that kind of kick-started like big revolution in the church and like it kickstarted Pro- uh, Protestantism mm-hmm. um and, yeah, a bunch of other things I had no idea about the context, but they were right. mentioned anyway, and it was okay. nice. Yeah, and, and it just sort of goes on from there, really. And then, as I said, a bit of a slow burn. I played about three hours, and, well, two um, to three hours, just about got to the point where there was the murder, what happens. Okay. And that's when things seem to get interesting. So, like I say takes a little bit of time to get into the core sort of conceit of the game mm. but at the same time I feel like that's kind of excusable because it's a bit more sort of sober and And the whole idea is to get to know all these different characters and right, right. um yeah in that sort of thing I mean you are essentially reading a sort of novel in in that respect
2: so. yeah so is it like are you enjoying it is it is it fun
5: would you say I say it's, it's definitely um yeah I, I think it's pretty fun like in terms of the story itself, I mean, if you you know, obviously given the type of game it is, if you're expecting some like, you know, balls to the wall, action, adventure, mm. it's not that. Mm. Um it is uh very much a, a sort of quite a more more niche, almost a passion project I've seen it described as like it's uh, you know, they wouldn't have got it off the ground if they didn't have a thing like a platform like Game Pass to mm. to pitch it for. So um yeah, it's nice to see that there. But yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's the story has just opened up to that point now where you're you're starting to be that sort of medieval like uh, detective almost. Mm-hmm. Um and because you have a bit more freedom being like a you know, essentially a roaming freelance artist, it's a bit but you know, one that stayed in the town a while, so you're friendly with some people, okay. other people you have a bit of a history with, and yeah it gives you a little bit more freedom while still being like quite a quite a grounded believable setting it's not you know there, there aren't any uh at least not yet anyway there aren't any sort of crazy supernatural things apart from okay. potentially one where you're like oh did i see a ghost that was strange what's going on there right I, it's yeah that's that's very much uh it feels like you've probably seen someone who's pretending to be but okay trying to hide yeah there's um yeah but overall really intriguing story so mm-hmm. if you're you know in if you're into like the more sort of point and click uh more sort of a slow burn narrative sort of things the dialogue's quite fun it's um yeah sometimes a it's see it can be a little bit too like I'd say it's, it's both good and bad. It almost feels like a believable sort of conversational sort of thing where you just stop off, you see some people, you're like,
2: oh, hello, Mrs.
5: whatever her face. Oh, you're going to the bakery again. Oh, how are so the kids? So how are much, you
2: doing? It's not really that much escapism, but it also kind of mm. is because it's medieval yeah. Europe, but and with a cool art style as well.
5: Yeah, and the fact that, you know, obviously the, the art style can't go, um, you know, praised enough. I, I'm mm. sort of a big fan of how they've done, done that there and uh, committed to the style as well, even with the menus is very nice. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun if you're interested in, um, you know, uh, quite, a, quite an intriguing story in a weird mm-hmm. setting that we don't often see. Yeah, absolutely. and also yeah, you you get um, various different options to like uh, change the story. It, it does do that classic sort of thing of. Uh, you make a certain choice if you say piss someone off mm. and they're like oh steve will remember this oh, no, Um uh, but there steve. are yeah i know it's uh it's not I me mean, you don't want to piss off steve um <laughs> whatever his name was um the there are different sort of elements to that though so you could like say something that somebody approves of and you know do that two or three times and then annoy them once and they're still kind of like
2: on your side it sort of balances out okay so. okay but yeah Well, Pentiment available Ooh. now on Game Pass Absolutely. and presumably available for purchase on Xbox as well. And if Indeed. you don't have Game Pass, but why don't you have Game Pass if you don't have what an Xbox? In are this day in this day and age? Come on. Ridiculous. Um,
5: it is also available on
2: Windows as well. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so it should be
5: on Game Pass on both, I believe. But yeah. There we are.
2: Go check it out mm. right now. James, I'm going to need you to vacate the uh, review corner because we need to get back right, to the rest I, of the podcast. Can I take this drink? With me? Yes, you I'm can. Gonna, I'm going to take a few Get out drinks. of the review corner. Yeah. Okay. Just go, Bye, just James. Keep me yeah. Bye, James. <laughs> Bye, James. Bye. Bye. I... And there we go oh, wasn't that you. nice oh, wasn't, wasn't it lovely yeah. how exciting thank you James that's all about uh, pentiment there if you watch the video version of the podcast you will have seen footage of it as you would with a normal quipscope. but it's now in the podcast as well
3: wow. question two comes from Bartek Kubica Bapson inspired by Ben's recent statement about the last of us part one I have a question do you have a game that hit you harder the second time you played it? I don't mean when game confronts nostalgia. I am talking about the pure emotional charge and different view. I know many people, after finishing God of War sec- um, second time, this time as parents, changed the perception of this game. I finished Silent Hill 2 yesterday. Though I knew the game and ending slash endings, this time in my 30s, the whole game was less scary, but very much sadder. Sniff, sniff, Bartek. Thanks, Bartek. Thank you, Bartek.
4: This, to me, feels like one of those questions where I'm definitely missing, like three or four very good examples of games that i've played and you know that, that answer the question very well but i did think of one um which is shadow of the colossus um which is it doesn't necessarily hit harder because if anything the fir- the first time you play it, it's the actual reveal it's like the punch that like hits you harder and playing it a second time you already know what's coming but it hits different i think like knowing all the way through the game what you're doing rather than having a big reveal at the end i guess you could say the same about many games with twists you know your BioShocks and your KOTORs and things like that playing them a second time hits different if not harder so um yeah that's the one i thought of and i'm sure there are others that i can't <laughs> think of right now but shadow of the colossus mm.
3: I don't often play games a second time. I have the same opinion about movies in that why would I play that again when I've got so many new games to play? Mm. But the occasional time where I have felt drawn to a game when like a new one's coming out, um, when I played Horizon again before the second one came out, um, knowing what Aloy was going to find out and like what she was kind of getting herself into definitely made the kind of like optimism and like excitement of the beginning of the game like quite a lot more bitter because i was like oh honey you've got a big storm coming <laughs> um and so it definitely kind of knowing how she ends up um even at the end of the first game without having played the second one i was a bit like oh you're gonna get real sad real quick um and also playing the last of us uh again a, we're oh, going to the floor just with putting that on the floor
4: out of the way sorry i didn't realize that would be such a controversial <laughs> <Okay>. move <laughs> you both just went silent i was like what what happened I wasn't, I wasn't saying i was anyway. <laughs> i already was <laughs> silent well yeah
3: um it just threw me took me by surprise that's all um and then playing the last of us part one well not part one just the first one mm. um again this year definitely at the end of it i was like oh we're riding off into the sunset happy but I don't know, Chief. <laughs> it's not going to last that long. Um, and that was a bit sad as well. Um, but again, it's like that retrospective thing of like the happiness or like blind optimism of the beginning of the game but that you also go into it with. And then suddenly you know that there's no point being optimistic if something bad is going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think those two definitely, they might be the only games I've actually fully replayed, like that kind of game. But I don't know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely The Last of Us for me, as I talked about before, Mm. Um, getting to the bit where you're rescuing Ellie at the end and running through the hospital, when you get to that surgery room and there's the surgeon, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. I sort of I just wanted to just kind of test the limits of what I could or couldn't do like I was running up to him and just sort of like bumping into him like <laughs> oh, 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 what are you gonna do huh and then I shot him in the dick like three times I wow like, I know what happens in the next game yeah, yeah. and for some reason as well it's make your it worth fault while. yeah exactly might <laughs> as well make this as justifiable this trauma is going
3: to be bad
2: he got shot in the dick three times my dad died
3: when he got shot in the dick three times yeah
4: exactly (laughs) I've not replayed it since the second game came out but I can imagine it is a a whole
2: different experience Mm -hmm. yeah if it's gonna spur the events that take place in the last of us part 2 then yeah I did wanna make it yeah, I want to make it worthwhile. So I killed him in the most horrific fashion possible.
3: I mean, The Last of Us Part 2 kind of does it within the game itself. Like it tells you something. Oh, I'd and love then... to
2: replay The Last of Us Part 2 and it just shows Joel shooting him in. the <laughs> <laughs>
3: three times. It update.
2: captures the, the gameplay
4: from your save
2: file yeah. from
3: the first game. That's yeah. not quite what I meant. But yeah, I just mean that like, you know something from like Abby's perspective and then you play as Ellie and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. and I don't want to do this.
2: Yeah, it's uh, not great. The other one is uh, the Mass Effect Trilogy. When I replayed that, older now than when I first played through 2 and 3, and obviously I was playing through 1 for the first time properly. Um, And uh, playing them all back to back, it made the big sacrifice or the big decision at the end of 3, which, I again, I understand why it was so controversial, but I I don't really care. (laughs) Like, it doesn't really bother me uh, that much. Uh, So it all boiling down it felt like a really difficult decision to make like i had to google like oh what does this what does this mean again or what does this really mean or who will actually win if i do this and mm. you know the the sacrifice of your various uh friends and uh, and so on that you've been with since the first game there was something special about playing them all back to back but also you know i am i am now older than i was when i first played it through so it uh yeah it hit, hit a bit harder mm. i would say and uh, the futility of it all, the urgency of saving the universe. Goodness. So <laughs> that's mine.
4: I'm ready this time with my yeah. stack. Yeah. It's time now
0: for weird news. Oh.
2: It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, you can submit weird video game news to us on social media platforms when we ask for them earlier on in the week. If you want to guarantee yourself a shout out, though, at the beginning of Weird News, you go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and become a podcast producer at a certain tier here at the podcast producers for this week. Big thank you to Nathan,
3: G.Y. Goliath, Nexus Polaris, Walco, Nicole Hansen. Ellie Nicholas,
4: Erica Hutchinson,
3: Melody Elbonnet,
4: Katie Garrett, and Gabrielle Philippink.
3: Thank you, thank you, podcast, podcast producers, thank
4: you. and good
3: morning, everyone.
4: I've got a weird news here that was sent to us on the Twitter thread by Robert Mansell at underscore Rob underscore Mansell underscore. Um, I normally check. Underscore. Yeah, there's an underscore at the end. Uh, I normally check the Facebook as well to see if it was also sent there, but I forgot to do that this time. So sorry if someone sent the same story to Facebook. This is according to ScreenRant.com. Let me just reject cookies there. Damn. Gears of War creator hilariously demands Chris Pratt not star in movie.
2: Mm. Damn.
4: Gears of War creator. Cliff- but he is
2: so cool.
4: He is so cool. Um, Gears of War. Imagine if they uh, got him in uh, Gears of War and he went...
3: To me, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was of course. I was at the cinema this week, and the, the Super Mario trailer played before the movie I was watching, and they cut out the bit at the end where Chris Pratt spoke. Like he really? just he just arrived and he was like, oh, and then it just cut to the like Super Mario. Do you oh to re-record I don't know, yeah, probably maybe. not. But
4: just like Sonic, yeah. Gears of War creator Cliff Blazinski hilariously demands Chris Pratt not star in the upcoming movie, and upcoming movie and franchise in development at Netflix. On the heels of the adaptation plans being announced, Gears of War creator Cliff Blazinski has hilariously demanded Chris Pratt not star in the movie. The third-person shooter franchise primarily puts players in the shoes of Marcus Phoenix, a skilled soldier in the coalition of ordered governments who, along with his team, try to protect humanity from the subterranean reptilian race dubbed the the Locust Horde on the planet of Sarah. Multiple attempts at a Gears of War movie adaptation have floundered throughout the years, though the franchise is finally set to get its due due in multiple new mediums, thanks to Netflix. Cliff Blazinski recently took to Twitter to share his thoughts on Netflix's in-development Gears of War franchise. Among his various posts regarding casting ideas for the projects, the video game creator hilariously demanded Chris Pratt not star in the movie – Check out the funny post below.
3: Is it really oh, funny, yeah. Peter?
4: There's an embedded tweet. What does he say? And it's from at the real Cliffy B. Get ready Twitter. to
3: laugh, everyone. Okay.
4: Oh, and keep Chris Pratt away from the Gears franchise, please. FFS.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: he demands.
3: Hilarious. He's
4: demanded. That but was he's him doing demanding. it
3: hilariously. Okay. That's hilariously. what's important. Yeah.
4: There's then a subheading, of a mid-article section called Why Audiences Have Turned on Chris Pratt. And it basically just, quite a few reasons. Yeah, talks about a, a whole number of reasons, um, including d- like his personal life and uh, some of his opinions and mm. the fact that he, he has done not a very good job at Mario's voice. <laughs> uh, and then it says, Who should star in Gears of War? And it suggests uh, Dave
2: Batista uh, or Carl Urban. Yeah. Um, Got to be Big Dave, though. Yeah. He loves Gears of War. He was in, what was the most recent one? Six? five yeah
4: I can't remember there's a lot there's, then it's just five. it's all just guff after that but basically uh it was a tweet saying also no chris pratt which is you know i suppose like so in a way funny. it's not weird it's a very sensible thing to say as the creator of, <sighs> mm, Kids of yeah Wolf,
3: but there you go it's very topical and relevant thing to say yeah ashton i have some news submitted on twitter by it's hot in new mexico or at ariel underscore kent maybe it's ariel Maybe you're Who the under-the-water mermaids, maybe.
2: Under-the-water mermaids? Yes.
3: <laughs> I'm not one of those above-water mermaids. Um it comes from Kataka, written by Alyssa McCante. Um, TikTok is bimbo Modern Warfare 2's ghost and veteran players are big mad. Um, Call of Duty's elusive special forces operator is getting a lot of attention from horny TikTokers. The Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 space has been invaded by thirsty TikTokers who are going absolutely feral for Simon "Ghost" Riley, one of the game's main characters who's never revealed his face. The sequel drops less than 2 weeks ago, but the in the brief period of time Ghost in the, that brief period of time, Ghost edits have racked up millions of views across hundreds of TikToks. Um and it talks about who plays him, that's not even that interesting. Um The videos include fan art of Ghost-looking demure, or otherwise sexualized, people reacting to Ghost's voice, and cosplays of Ghost, but most of them utilize audio taken from the Alone mission in Modern Warfare 2, where John Soap McTavish and Ghost chat over the radio while sneaking through a Mexican town. Take it off, Soap tells Ghost, referring to the skull mask he's worn in every Call of Duty appearance. Show my face. Negative, Ghost says when Soap asks if he's ugly. Ghost responds, quite the opposite. In a voice, that can be best described as a sexy growl. We reached out to Infinity Ward and Ghost's voice actors to see if they intended why? to make, it this, make this sexy, but have yet to get confirmation.
2: So I've been made aware of this, and I've got to say, I don't understand why, because... So there's there's nothing that unless it's sort of a big joke. You can't sounds like a bit of a joke. Then then Question there's
3: TikTok. It doesn't make any sense. It
2: doesn't make any sense because it's just a man in a skull mask and his voice. I don't think it's any more or less sexy than any of the other variety of Cockney accents or London gruff boys that are in. Mm. Call I think of it's
4: got to be partly a joke because you can't see his face, which is. Maybe. I mean, I know that's not the only attractive part of a person's body, but it's you know. It's a bit weird. The idea of having any kind of bedroom fun with a man who refuses to take off his skull mask is mm. funny, right?
2: It's got to be a joke, but I don't. I, from what I've seen, I don't see any sense of irony here no. at all. Mm. I feel like this is sincere, and I don't. I understand. think
3: some of them are definitely ironic, but okay. some of them are not.
4: The worst part is that Kotaku sent an email. To, yeah. Hey, to just his
3: voice so you actor. Know, Did
2: you mean to be some a sexy? Boy? Sexy fan art. Real journalism. Did- yeah. Is what mm.
3: it is. Um, The audio is paired with a veritable smorgasbord of thirsty TikTokers, imagining what Ghost looks like when saying the line. Some draw diagonal pink lines on his face like an anime character blushing, while others suggest he's smirking through the line read or playfully kicking his feet behind him whilst lying prone. Others have gotten even more creative, whether it's squatting down like Megan the Stallion, wearing a G-string, or donning a full maid outfit. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Many TikTokers are either made by tar- made by or targeted to femme and queer identifying individuals, which takes a traditional video game objectification formula and flips the script. Um, there's a decidedly feminine gaze at play here with posters focusing on ghosts' forearms or the timbre of his voice, um, turning what is ostensibly a totem for military industrialised masculinity and making him a little femme boy. Um, and then people are very angry about it because, of course, they are. And yeah, basically they um someone commented on one of the posts saying sexualizing him is worse than sexualizing minors, okay,
2: mm. what okay, which is
3: a terribly ice cold take on something there mm-hmm. um, but yeah,
2: I don't understand any of this. I don't understand it's
3: just the internet being
2: it's weird it self is yeah. it is very weird across the board.
3: they're calling it ghost talk oh,
2: it. for God's sake. <laughs> Right.
3: It's like for a little while I was on Jewish boy choir talk mm. for like right. three months of just constant little boys singing Jewish songs, and I was having a great time. I'm not on Ghost Talk. I haven't seen any of these, but. Uh,
2: well, your phones. I'm going to go you, searching so for might, it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Next time mm. will pop up now. Mm. My weird news comes from Cameron J. Keywood. And it's a Pushkar article called We Were Denied, a Grand Theft Auto Movie starring Eminem. Proof the earth is a cold, dead place.
3: <laughs> Why do we want things to start Eminem? I don't know. Isn't he a bit of a douchebag?
2: Is he? I don't know. Is mm-hmm.
3: he? I think he might be. I'm okay. going to look it
2: up. All right. I don't. Oh, I kind of don't want to know. Please don't ruin Eminem. I um, thought Eminem is, is sort of I'll one of the myself. good ones, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But I might be wrong. I have no idea. Everyone is problematic. Yeah. I
4: think way. obviously when he was younger, he had like... He's. I think he's got a criminal record from when he was a youth, mm. but I think as he's sort of post, post fame, high, post height of his fame, I, I think
3: he's. He I goes can't on? remember if I think his daughter is trans, and I can't remember if he is supportive of, of them. Oh or really? Not. Okay. Not like Elon level of his daughter is trans and he refuses to admit that she exists kind of level, but sorry, right. can you carry on. Yeah,
2: I will. In what should be considered definitive proof we live in objectively the worst timeline, Rockstar actually rejected a pitch for a Grand Theft Auto movie starring none other than, the, than Marshall Mathers' Eminem himself. Worse, it was during the height of Slim Shady's powers in 2001, fresh off the success of both the record-breaking Marshall Mathers, Marshall Mathers LP and the Academy Award-winning movie, Eight Mile. Mm. The news comes to us via an interview between the BBC and games industry veteran Kirk Ewing a personal friend of the Hauser brothers, Sam and Dan, the founders of Rockstar. According to Ewing, a Hollywood agent approached the brothers with a $5 million offer for the rights to a movie starring Eminem and directed by Tony Scott of Top Gun fame. Sam Hauser reportedly responded to the offer with a simple, not interested. Ewing elaborated, noting that they realized that the media franchise they had was bigger than any movie that was on uh, that was going on at the time. Ewing himself Uh, designed State of Emergency, published by Rockstar Games and released on PS2. Around the time the offer was made, GTA 3 was itself blowing up in a major way. And then it goes on to say what Grand Theft Auto is, Mm. uh, which we don't know. But that would have been probably bad, right? Probably. There's probably no way that would have been good. I think the only reason 8 Mile worked, which I've not seen in
4: full, but I've seen bits of it, is because it was his story and Mm. it was quite sort of real in that sense. But... To have him just come in as an actor and play someone else in a kind of very fictionalized story of a rising criminal, I think it would have been a bit cringe. It would have been a bit like, I don't know. Yeah, I I can't see that being very good. No.
3: His child is non-binary but I think he is supportive of them. Okay. So I, I don't think, I think he's okay.
2: Okay, so he's allowed to Guys, potentially I passed, think he's, okay. he's He's allowed to have potentially started a movie in 2001. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't know what it was like in 2001, but in 2021, I think he's okay. Well, Great.
4: in 2001, he he just had a daughter who identified as a daughter. That's who was true. A, she was very, she was, he did a song with her once, I think. She was in one of his um, less well-known songs as a child mm. just sort of rapping and stuff so that was <laughs> and then rap. he got a five star wanted level and yeah. sped off into the
2: night. Yeah. Let's move on to question 3.
4: Um this is from Winters in Berlin. It's a long question, but I will read it all because it's got context and stuff. Hello the one and only BATP. Bat up. Uh, I hope you're all plopless this week. Mm. Mods. People do love to make them, and people do love to play them, but they don't like to pay for them. But is this fair? Should mod creators be compensated for all their hard work? And who's responsible? After all, some games these days, such as Minecraft, have become inseparable from the mods made for them. Therefore, do the game's developers owe the modders a cut of sales, or at least a little pocket change for mods installed? Or should players be buying mods to be used in the games they love so much, which in itself would become a legal nightmare? I know that many mod makers do allow for donations or tips, but let's be honest, is that really compensation enough for all the time they spend painstakingly creating custom content or in many cases fixing broken games that never receive the support they deserve? I would love to hear what the three jumps think about this. Thank you for your time, Winters in Berlin.
3: Thank you. Thank
4: you, Mr. Berlin. Thank you, Winters in Berlin. Um, I think certainly in terms of modders, whether they should get money from the people who use them, it's kind of up to the modder, isn't it? That like They know what they're doing. If, they're, if they make a mod, if they put hours and hours into it and then make it freely available, that's their choice. And if they want to start kind of either surreptitiously charging for it, which is probably illegal, uh, I imagine. But, you know, it, I'm, it's not up to me to police that. But, you know, if they wanted to make money from it, they could do that by posting it in certain places on the Internet where they can charge for it um or yeah you you, they have you know tip systems and and so on and so forth so in that sense i think um no modder should feel hard done by that they've made this mod posted it freely available and then suddenly you know sort of thinking oh but why am i not getting any money i don't think any mod feels that way so it's just you choose to enter that game if that's what you want to do and start making free mods um but what I will say is, although I think it's, it sounds like a bit of a nightmare to get developers like paying modders um, as kind of third parties. you know that, that seems kind of tricky to do. But what you do see sometimes is that some modders get hired by developers uh, in the wake of making something very good. So, for example, um, some cyberpunk modders have been hired by CD Projekt Red now. Um, I think they were making mods that were sort of just fixing the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even additional <laughs> content. It was just, hey, it works now. Um, and Bethesda have hired in the past people who've modded Skyrim. And more recently, they've modded a couple of people, uh, modded a couple of people, hired a couple of people who have been working on that Fallout London um, mm-hmm. project, just found projects like a free
3: That the Queen thing. will not be in.
4: No, no, she won't be. So uh, I think that's the best you can hope for. And, um, you know, well, maybe, maybe the three of us could come up with some kind of system whereby developers or publishers are paying modders. But I think that the easiest solution is to just, if you make your mods, you have to assume you're not going to make any money from it, open up a tip jar. Uh, but maybe, maybe, if you're very lucky, you might be hired by, or, you know, get a job offer by the company in question. And I think that is fine.
3: So the only mods that I actively use are on Minecraft and The Sims 4. Um, And I'm going to talk specifically about The Sims 4 because that's the one I have the most um, experience with. Um, So Sims 4 has two kinds of mods. They have like the gameplay mod and then they have custom content, which is things like additional furniture or clothes or something that people have actively made using the meshes that have been put out by the Sims community. Um, and they are all on a website called The Sims Resource, which is like a catalog for just everything you could possibly want. Those modders that put stuff on there, they can get small amounts of money from downloads due to the site making money from ad revenue and people who pay for The Sims Resource. So if you're a big fan of like the content and you're using it a lot, um, so some people do pay for like a subscription subscription like monthly payment towards the Sims resource to give back to the modders that are on that site, and um, the same way with like CurseForge and Overwolf, I want to say is the other one. Um, they do pay modders for being on their um apps, but they're like not very much, and takes a while to build up money. And they do tend to be like PayPal or. Amazon gift cards or something along those lines rather than it being a direct payment into your bank account for every download that you get. Um, And I know the Sims have recently partnered with them to make modding in their games a lot easier. And then also something that modders in the Sims 4 community do is they start Patreon accounts and they give early access to mods via these Patreon accounts but they're not allowed to like specifically say pay me money on my Patreon account and you'll get this mod pack. They can't make it behind a paywall. So they have to be like early access for like a month and then it'll come out to everyone else for free. But obviously they can't specifically be like, pay me for my Patreon and you'll get this because otherwise it's like illegal because yeah. it's like encroaching on a copyright, obviously. Um, So there is ways that modders do get around it. Um, Specifically, quite prevalently in the Sims community, there's a lot of modders that do have Patreons because they make like full Sims kits that people might pay like five anywhere from five to like 20 pounds for, for free. Like there'll be like a full kitchen kit that they've made everything for. Um, But like Peter says... Unfortunately, modders do this because they want to, mm. not because that they specifically know they're going to get paid. And I think, um, unfortunately for them, games don't need them to keep their games afloat. Some might, people might only play modded and some people might only play with custom content on Sims, but the vast majority of players will only play the game as is mm. with the packs that they buy. So the Sims have no obligation to pay modders or even like employ them they're being a bit more um a bit more kind of like open dialogue between the sims and the modding community now and they are not employing but kind of like freelancing them for certain packs and things now like peter said like getting work and stuff which is really cool but there's no obligation for companies to pay modders because modders do off the their own back and there'll always be more people modding things than there will be people who pay them or who need payment to mod things there's no point paying one because there'll just be like four other pop-ups that can do the same thing for free so yeah there's no obligation to pay them unfortunately and um as much as i love mods and modders if you're doing it for the money you're doing the wrong thing um so so yeah
2: I have never installed a mod in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it works, <laughs> and I wouldn't even know where to start. Uh, so my experience with mods is extremely limited, uh, pretty much only to the kind of stuff that that you were doing, Peter, with the Skyrim, Skyrim Zoo, Zoo, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. back in 2018 when we were idiots. Uh, so I've got no personal experience with mods whatsoever. However. Uh, as you guys have said, there would be a legal issue if mod creators started directly charging for things that they've done to games. That doesn't mean that that modders don't deserve remuneration. And as you mentioned, Ashton, there there are various ways that, that modders can go about that in certain communities. I know that there's the uh, Creation Club with Bethesda, mm-hmm. although there have been some people who have kicked up a bit of a stink about that, I think, just because the process is a bit arduous and then maybe, you know, the modders aren't getting paid as much as Bethesda are then charging for their work to, you know, to other players. And the whole, at least it seems to me as an outsider, the whole point of mods largely or the appeal is that they are free of charge. Mm. And again, not that modders are not deserving of being paid for their efforts, but if you start charging for mods, if such a thing were legal there's a good chance that people would just not download your mod and they wouldn't want it Mm. and they wouldn't use it and they would seek alternatives. Um, So hopefully there's a way in the future where there can be some kind of healthier mod community that can be encouraged by developers or publishers themselves. But as it stands, no, modders are not owed any money by publishers or developers, even if they're fixing their games. Mm. Uh, In fact, it seems to be a core strategy of uh, Bandai Namco in particular – with the Souls Soul series on PC, to just let the community fix it, yeah. mm. um, because they know that they'll do that. They often release games in a really messed up state, and it's modders who end up fixing them. Um, Same with Bethesda as well on PC. Um, yeah, they release.
4: If you go and try and download certain mods for, say, Skyrim, uh, it'll say uh, by the like almost every mod says. By the way, you must have the general. Like Skyrim fix patch installed for this mod to work, which is something that the community has come up with, and so that's almost like required, required reading, if you like. You know, it's mm. like a system requ- requirement for any other mod to work. Which is, yeah, Bethesda so, has to do the same for
2: sure. Yeah. Well, there we are. Mm. It's time to move on mm. to oh, yeah. something. It's pretty large. It is. I can't turn the page. There we are. It's the big discussion. It's big discussion time, time for the big video game discussion that this week comes courtesy of Jack Bradshaw. Howdy bap. At the time of the podcast recording, the nominees for this year's Game Awards will be announced, or the Game Awards, uh, including the nominees for Game of the Year. With that said, what are your general thoughts on each nominated game? Which one do you want to win Game of the Year? And which one do you think will win Game of the Year? Uh, Mm. Thank you, Jack. So this is the Game Awards, Jeff's big annual extravaganza. We will be live reacting on the eighth of December. Yes, uh, we'll be doing a later stream and reacting along because no doubt there'll be loads of trailers and yeah. announcements and stuff like. And it'll usual. probably
3: be at like one a.m. GMT. I certainly like hope not. Three a.m.
2: It was pretty reasonable last time, wasn't it? No, it, it wasn't. wasn't. Last wasn't year it? we
3: finished at three a.m.
2: Oh god, are no. we? Because it's we the were the recently. games Gamescom
3: and Summer Games, games Fest is at oh, like bad. a like 8 or 9 Yeah. whereas Game Awards they start in America at like 6pm <laughs> so they okay, start here well, at like 1 in the morning as it
2: stands we have provisionally agreed to live stream it mm. well we'll see how realistic that is but uh I thought it was earlier mm-hmm. clearly i
3: missed it. because that's the is this legs like absolute delusional live mm-hmm. stream that we did last was really year lame. was the Game Awards oh, yeah award we were
2: on. in our dressed in our formal wear yeah, yeah we were wearing blazers and stuff yeah well we've got the nominees Peter I don't suppose you've got them written have, down there yeah this is obviously just Game of the the year we're talking about here
4: yes uh, so we have got plague tale requiem sorry a plague tale a plague. Requiem. Mm. Uh, elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west stray uh, and xenoblade chronicles three. Mm. three three sorry i didn't actually write three but it's <laughs> xenoblade chronicles three
2: yes uh, so what do you think of the the nominees generally
3: i was quite surprised that god of war was included in the nominees for this year, considering that it came out less than a week before the... um the nominees were announced I know that obviously like reviewers got it like three weeks ago four weeks ago whatever and it's voted for by a publication but i was before the nominees before by a public, by lots of publications um but before the nominees came out i was genuinely wondering if god of war would even be included in this year's mm-hmm. game awards because of how soon before it, it came out um i'm not surprised it's in this category but i was surprised that it it hit the cutoff to be considered for this year's game. Yeah, as you say,
4: they're like the you know, all the big outlets get these things weeks in advance, and so I don't think I was particularly surprised. I thought, like,
2: yeah, they've all played it;
4: no one else has. But <laughs>
2: the people who are on the board to yeah. to nominate these games, well, and I suppose with a review score like that, uh, going back to our discussion last week, whether or not it's justified, it's kind of undeniable. Mm-hmm. That yeah. It was; it is de- amongst the biggest games of this yeah. year. So mm-hmm. to leave it off would probably be a mistake because i, I was
3: worried that like it would get left off and put in for next year and then it would get kind of forgotten yeah. because yeah. it was technically the year before over a
2: year mm-hmm. since it yeah. came out absolutely should we go through them one by one and just talk about how we feel about the chances and yeah the, mm-hmm. the merits of inclusion a plague tale a plague tale requiem
3: i haven't played it
4: i mean i've yeah, i've not played it i've heard about it um <laughs> i got it,
3: hour in and it annoyed me too much i'd die installed yeah. it from my computer it
4: seems like to me there are a uh, two or three in this list that are just there because they wanted they a six. healthy amount. Mm. And no one is under any illusion that a Plague Tale Requiem has any chance of winning this. I'm not saying... But well,
3: we didn't think It Takes Two was going to win last year.
4: Well, that's true. That's mm. true.
3: And I'm not saying that this is, by any means, on the same level as It Takes Two was last year, but it was quite a shocker well, I'm also Jacob Farris was on that stage last <laughs> yeah. year.
4: Mm. Uh, and I'm also not saying that... Um, it's so bad what the hell is it doing on this list i'm just saying that there are two or three other games in this list that are clearly just better than it and Mm. so there's no way or again you (laughs) make a good point ashton but
2: they've got less of a chance yeah Yeah. i don't know what the groundswell of support even is for a Tale requiem i don't know how the weighting is voted because Mm. i've taken a screenshot of their website and it says sign in to vote and i don't know if it's 50% 50% judges, 50% mm. I
3: think it's, votes or... I don't know. I think everyone obviously can pick one, but I don't know. I assume it would just be like mainly popu- uh, popular vote for it, maybe. But. I'm
2: happy to see it here, but I have no intention of going back to this game now. I've kind of made peace with that. Did, um, you, f- did you finish it? No. Oh. No, no, no. I played <laughs> like maybe two hours of it. I didn't. I really didn't get that far at all, but the, as we talked about on the podcast, there are a lot of things that I just thought weren't you okay I hit
3: my funny my- oh no
2: <laughs> i just wasn't a huge fan of it and i was really looking forward to it as we discussed on the podcast before then and uh i'm, I'm glad to see it here and i'm glad to see it recognized but mm. i don't know that this would have the broad appeal of an it takes two yeah mm-hmm. uh, i don't think it has any chance of winning personally no
3: i think it um they had to put an xbox game in and i also think that uh they definitely didn't I don't think anyone this year has five games that they think are the best games they've played this year because th- I'm think i struggling to think of five that would be my top five for the mm. year. And I, I wonder, like you said, if they were like, well, we definitely have three. We probably need another three um, to get in there. And this one just happened to be one of the biggest games that was released mm. this year. Okay. But I haven't heard anyone talking about it. Like, no. A, a James apparently finished it he's not mentioned it one time since yeah. uh, he did the cryptscope with you i just i don't know anyone who's currently playing it i think it's been overshadowed by other games that have come out and yeah. i think that i just don't think it's as it's good as other win. games that no, come no. out
2: either uh, as, as strong as the premise and the setting is i just think gameplay wise and i just yeah
4: it's a shame really mm-hmm.
2: uh
4: next is elden ring mm-hmm. i think personally this could be one of the contenders you know i've Again, I've not played it. It's not my kind of thing, but um, I'm aware of just the impact it had and the just all the coverage I saw and, and the presence on social media at the time. Um, and yeah. that's even, you know, with me in hopefully algorithmically a place where I don't get a whole load of Soulsborne style uh, content fed to me, but nevertheless, it's certainly filtered through just because it was that popular.
3: Yeah. I think Elden Ring is going to win. And I have a theory as to why. Because I think people who are fans of God of War will be fans of Horizon Forbidden West. And I think that those two have a very similar fan base and a very similar number of people who would vote for them mm. that they will be split between the two of them. Yeah. But Elden Ring has a very dedicated fan base who are very loud and very toxic on the internet and say Elden Ring is the best game ever made. Nothing will ever touch it. Best game ever. Everything else is a hashtag dead game. Um, and I think that they will be voting for Elden Ring in their their like thousands, if not more, because I think the others will split the The group. The vote. Um, it's a bit
4: like um uk politics
3: it is a little bit (laughs) crazy um but i think elder ring will win and like I said, I haven't played it, but I, I, I don't want it to win because I don't want all of the the boys on the internet who are really loud about Elden Ring to have something else to put on every single post about Horizon or God of War. I don't want them to every post ever. Where are you going? Ever. That you're
2: seeing all of these they, posts when all the they time. were
3: when Jeff Keeley put up a post being like, "Who do you think is going to be nominated for Game of the Year?" and Every single response was Elden Ring is the only game worth playing this year. Every other game was rubbish. Or if it's not Elden Ring, it's a load of rubbish. Elden Ring's best game ever. And I just don't, don't like that energy. And I don't want that energy to persist. And I want Horizon to beat it so I can be like, oh, best game ever, is it? Okay. Would you there. like
2: Elden Ring to win? But yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainly to annoy Ashton. Yeah. But, <laughs> but also because it is an excellent, mm. excellent game. Yes. And you're right, Peter, the impact across social media, you could not get away from it. The, yeah. the insane sales numbers. This was this was more of a cultural phenomenon than I think of any of the other games, perhaps apart from a cat one that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Mm. I've not seen that level of discussion online or that level of memory that it's just it just went everywhere and i would not be shocked if that won i think Elden Mm -hmm. ring is probably one of the front runners yeah i do um i
4: also personally don't want it to win not necessarily for the reasons you don't want it (laughs) to win ashton but because um i am not a fan of how certain kind of soulsborne mechanics and features are creeping into other games because other developers and publishers think <laughs> hey this is really good and this is really popular i don't like that you know my star wars game had um you know i Dark didn't Souls like that your combat. star wars game <laughs> either. you uh, well, the star wars one's in my soulsborn game yeah the second one's coming out and will undoubtedly have the same kind of style and the winding paths and stuff like that i totally appreciate like why other people enjoy that kind of stuff and i'm not saying like that's a bad game design or you know yeah why do people like this rubbish like it, that's not it at all for me it's not something that i want to see much more of in games other than in its own Soulsborne corner because it ta- it kind of extends games i think in terms mm-hmm. of you know difficulty and i'm as i've said before earlier on in the podcast and in many previous podcasts i have so little time to play games nowadays and so any excuse for some developer to like make their game even longer by adding hard combat and winding paths is not a good thing for me. So that's why I don't want Elden Ring <laughs> to win. But that's the only reason. That's a good. I reason. can still appreciate it objectively as to you know why it's such a good game. I I
3: can I can also appreciate objectively that it is a good game, and I'm not saying that it's a bad game no, just I because don't. people aren't on the internet are loud.
2: I totally understand why you guys are saying what you're saying, mm. but I think your fears they're already they've already come true. yeah oh, well they have yeah. i think yeah i think the, the sales i yeah. don't <laughs> think the game awards game of the year award is prestigious enough to push any extra eyeballs on this game no unfortunately i think the fact that elden ring sold 10 billion copies yeah has pretty much cemented those mechanics oh, into yeah. games for years to come and it winning the game it not winning the game awards game of the year, Won't maybe get rid of maybe those. maybe a small <laughs> sort of victory. It would be uh, a personal yeah.
3: victory, I think. But
2: I think unfortunately for people who aren't a fan of those mechanics, I think it's the damage has been mm. done. Yeah, yes. that is true. That it's come it's coming for you. And yeah. it will be there in your next Spyro game. So oh, I can't <laughs> hope you're ready for that. God of War Ragnarok. Mm. It's uh th- none of us have finished it. No. Because it has just come out. I haven't mm-hmm. started it. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll do
4: by the next time it's an
2: excellent game yeah. uh, not surprised it's there can't really say much more about it than that I don't th- mm. if it, I think this is going to come down to how much the weighting is voted uh, the, yeah. the weighting is voted is right. what I meant to say yeah. obviously yes. um, because if it is uh, if it does have sort of a, a critical what am i trying to say sort of like judges are involved in the voting uh, as well as fans at home then i think god of war could be a front runner Mm. by virtue of that alone but if it's weighted more towards people voting at home then i think you're right ashton i think the vote could be split um, between horizon and god of war so i don't know i wouldn't be shocked if it won yeah but I don't, I don't really know what to say. Like, I wouldn't God be mad War if it God of War has but...
3: the most nominations for, in other categories. Mm. I think it has oh, right, t- a grand okay. total of 10, whereas Horizon wow. and Elden Ring, I think, both have seven. Okay. Um, so God of War has the most of any game that's in the... But they also have two, two voice acting in ones. the voice acting ones. So. Mm.
2: so it could clean up in other categories yeah, and not take Game of the Year, or it could take Game of the Year and not do very well in other categories. But I... I genuinely don't know how it could play out. It's just so soon mm. that it's hard to say. Mm. I do think, uh, you know, you mentioned a
4: certain cat game did have a bit of a, a social media kind of phenomenon. Um, and I do think I'm seeing a lot of God of War at the moment. And maybe that is just because it's launch week and it might not last, you know, another seven days uh, to the to the level that it's at. And I think both in the case of God of War and Stray, it, they're, st- they're still both not comparable to how much I saw Elden Ring. But yeah, I think if we're also considering Stray for the kind of the social media presence, I personally have seen a lot of God of War um, as well, uh, sort of almost to a comparable level as Stray. So uh, if that's a component worth factoring in, then I think it's up there, at least with one of the sort of second place, you know, kind of a runner up level in terms of social media. Hmm.
3: Mm. I voted for Horizon of Bidden West when I did my votes the other day. um, Not because I don't think God of War... I don't know. A part of me thinks that God of War might be my favourite game of the year, but also part of me has this bias internally that's like, Horizon's the best game because yeah. I love Horizon. But I do think that, like I say, fans of one will be fans of the other. And I think that it will be a toss-up between whether you prefer the larger open world that horizon gave us via versus the smaller open world open linear. area linear mm. um for God of War and i think the people who have less time will probably prefer well, actually i don't know cuz it's 50 hours long and i think horizon was maybe only 60 hours long so
4: only 60
3: well yeah only <laughs> only 60 um but yeah i do think that God of War is in with a shout for sure and I also do think Horizon Fin West is in with a shout, but maybe I just don't think it's quite got the backing that God of War. And Elden Ring has, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for Horizon. Horizon, oh, What do you think?
2: I, I don't think Horizon stands a chance, unfortunately. Mm. I think uh, even if the vote split, God of War probably still comes out on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, recency bias, higher review score, mm. whatever you want to call it, I think God of War is going to come out ahead of Horizon. Not that they announce where the games stand, no. but if I were to predict, I don't think Horizon's going to win Game of the Year.
4: Uh, well, and also I imagine the, the Stinky Toxic boys let's face it mostly boys but not all boys uh stinky toxic boys who aren't so pro Elden Ring and are at least open to other things would probably favour God of War Beard Man with Fists and Axe that uh over Woman with Beard yeah Uh, so (laughs) yeah it's true yeah yeah
3: Straight. I'm just sad about Aloy I just hope Ashley Birch Birch wins Straight. she'll be crying
2: into her millions of dollars she'll be okay yeah I
3: know I know she
2: will Straight is so far the
4: only game on this list that I've played uh until i give god of war a go but uh straight i don't think it's game of the year material
2: no At but the, it could be a quirky outsider
4: it could be and it's probably going to be in my top five you know we, we don't call it game of the year because mm. that implies sort of objective quality and sometimes it's more the fun we had with it but we do a, a five games of the year best best games favorite games thing uh and it's probably going to be one of those for me because i thought it was a really nice me little too. little package mm. um you know not too big uh bit different you play as a cat and that's great uh interesting world and nice music and all all these sorts of things interesting gameplay as well like, i didn't quite expect it to play exactly the way it did i thought it'd be a bit more walking sim ish mm. and not have as much um of the you know the occasional action chase sequences and stuff so yeah stray i think is a really good game and it probably deserves to be you know if someone said how many are there six Six, Uh, yeah. Six, yeah. If someone said, give us six nominees, I might have put it as my number six. Because as you said, Ashton, I'm sort of struggling this year to come up with, you know, that many really good, obvious games of the year. So I think it deserves to be there but it's not going to win.
3: I think it it is the caner of this year. And I think that it has done what it set out to do. And it is a really good game in what it is. But I do, like you say, think that it just doesn't have the backing that Elden Ring has. I think that not enough people have played it because it was just on PlayStation, whereas Elden Ring was on pretty much everything. Um, And I think that like the same issue I think Xenoblade Chronicles will have with it just being on Switch, I think that unfortunately there's, there's a lot of divisiveness in the PlayStation categories that we've seen. Um, And I do think it will win other categories that it's nominated in. Um, I hope it will win indie, even though, I mean, technically it's not really an indie because Anna Piona isn't really an indie studio. But I do think that it it should win that given by what else it's nominated against. Um, And I do think it's a really good game and I hope it wins a couple of the awards Hmm, it's nominated for. But I, yeah, I don't think it's going to win this. But hey, maybe we'll get an It Takes Two situation. I highly doubt it because It Takes Two was a bit of a, wild card entry last year yeah. um i can't even remember what it was up against but i don't i genuinely don't even think any of us even considered it takes two to i want minutes.
4: someone from annapurna to just walk up on stage and swear <laughs> the microphone. yeah
3: flip yeah. the
2: oscars yeah uh, straight was on pc i'm fairly sure oh so yeah it might well. have been yeah uh i think this is a dark horse i think it could you do think it. it's gonna I it takes two it. it takes two it could untitled goose game it um think it maybe. could it could swoop in the memesters could really have have their like. Can you can you imagine if Stray <laughs> beat God of War to or game Elden of the or Ring. Elden Ring <laughs> to game of the year? I think it could do it. I don't mm. know how likely it is. but I think it's more likely than Horizon.
3: Yeah, criminally.
2: Mm, yeah. As much as I enjoyed Stray, I think uh, I think it could do it. I, think I wouldn't it mind can. if it did, but I yeah I I don't think it's super likely. It would be likely.
3: an upset, I think, if it did. But also, I think it would be like really cool mm. i think not it would be good. an upset to like a certain like critical responses well, i think it's
2: the and, way to not that you need but, to but i think it's the way to please everyone yeah. is to mm. just have a dark who like, can have be angry at cat the cat game, game? Have the silly cat game
4: when, when you say you know untitled goose game and it takes two that suddenly makes
2: it way yeah, more like it does, it does seem it's more like course it actually it straight could, could win it. yeah uh the last one is xenoblade chronicles 3 which none of us have played no. um, not really any of our wheelhouses but there's a dedicated following for that game There might be some uh, partisan politics going on where the the core Nintendo fans vote for the game that was on the Nintendo platform. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's going to win, though, personally.
3: I forgot to say something about Stray. Uh, I don't have anything to say about Xenoblade Chronicles. I don't think it's got the backing because it's a switch only game. And also, I don't know anyone who's playing it. Um, And with Stray... Jack will have played it. I think that... um, I think it's going to have a lot of vote from the old uh, women and queer folk that are out there who have been more vocal this year in gaming. The
4: cat is a big
2: queer the icon. The cat is a
3: big queer icon. Course. Gay cat. Um, and I think that. Gay cat. Yeah, not, that's not <laughs> anything. Do we know? I don't remember <laughs> that's
2: that. No, name. It's the universe name. It's, it's <laughs> gay, gay cat.
3: Oh, it's you, Gay Cat. Um, I think that all the cozy gamers out there that have taken the world by storm so much so that Wholesome Gaming got, did their own convention. Mm. presentation this year i think that hey maybe they'll all vote for stray because mm. they're like none of, none of my other cozy games are on there but the gay cat games on there um just that uh, i don't think it's the gay cat you game. talk
4: about splitting um, the votes uh cat all the cat people will vote for stray whereas all the dog people will have to split between five different games that's true so, yeah. well
3: god of war does have lots of dogs in it mm wow active active dog petting in god of war and god is dog backwards so maybe they'll vote for true. that
2: <laughs> that's it you cracked yeah, it done it well, there we are let us know what you think of the game of the year nominations for the game awards coming at the beginning of december and uh who you think is going to take the top prize mm. we'd like to know <laughs> but that's the end of the podcast thank you so much for listening peter is going to tell you where you can find us on the internet youtube.com and twitch.tv
4: forward slash team triple jump head to those for our video and live stream content we stream on both and when we are streaming on both we are modded by lord rotovich trailing badger and mr black so uh, thank you mods Uh, if you've got amazon prime part of the whole bundle there includes a twitch sub won't cost you anything extra it's just in there so consider spending that on us and uh, you get all the normal benefits and we i think get the financial benefit the only loser i think is maybe jeff bezos maybe who knows i don't really know who someone's got to be losing there um twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump for video content live stream announcements bits of news and all sorts of chit chat
3: i think Uh, it's the planet that's losing
4: yeah yeah i guess so by supporting it yeah i don't know yeah maybe Maybe I'm the loser because here I am floundering. <laughs> Fraser looks after our social media. Thank you, Fraser, for looking after Twitter and Facebook. Twic- uh, TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump for our TikTok. Um, we'll probably probably have something on there about ghosts at some point, right? Yeah. Looking sexy. I'm going to
3: make a sexy ghost post. Yeah.
4: Um, and Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. There are loads of different tiers on there. Everything from, you know, asking questions on the podcast and seeing after dark all the way up to me painting a painting for you, which someone uh, went in on um, this week. So Mm -hmm. yes, do that if you like.
3: We have a website, (laughs) triplej.mup, that's triplej.u.mp. Spells jump. It's very Very clever. clever. Um, if you want to join our discord, why not go to triplejet.map forward slash discord and chat with our wonderful community on discord We're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori and Holloweyes. And if told you to do something, bloody well, do it. There's been a bit of a revamp in there recently. All of the channels have moved around, so why go check it out. It's extra, it's extra cool now. Um, if you want to listen to podcasts in its audio forms, maybe you're on a long flight to Latvia this weekend and you've only brought your backpack with you. Why not go to triplejet.map forward slash podcast. Listen to it in its audio forms. Um, you want to check out one of our live stream vods, go triplejet.map forward slash vods or book one of us three or James Jenkins on Cameo at triplejet.map forward slash Cameo.
2: I think there's a, I got an email about Black Friday. Mm. Yeah, there's like a sale or something coming on. To say,
4: hey, it's 20% off from... Monday the twenty first to Wednesday the twenty third of Did November. You? Yeah.
2: yeah, is that on the triple jump or your or your? No, just don't mind. But with the triple oh, jump link. Gotcha. Um, but maybe we should do it from triple jump. Yeah, link we should. As well, yeah, we got absolutely.
3: a question on the after that podcast that was like, "Do you feel like um, you're... I'm trying to think of a PC term for. Well, I guess it's not really a bad word. You can probably. Um, do you feel like you're whoring yourself out for cameo? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. uh, I said, yeah, but I'm fine with it i said uh, i don't
4: mind because
3: uh i feel bad i f- i want to make it worth your money no, it was, like extra it was, hard. Should,
4: should we as customers of you guys feel like we're making you whore yourself out and my question was <laughs> and my answer was no because we've elected to go on cam- yeah, yeah so we could, shouldn't we feel could like, not be
2: on cam-
3: yeah, yeah. Um, get
2: those Christmas messages yeah Yeah. we'll
3: do it for you Um, triplejumpshop.com for all the latest merch and at triplejumpshop on Twitter for the latest merch announcements you can go buy this lovely jacket this lovely t-shirt and other stuff that's still available. Oh, and this one. Oh, and the no. Is This Leg shirt is available. Is This Leg shirt? I think the Ashton pins are still on there as well. So check yeah. it out. Go
2: get them. Why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday being solo streams on Twitch. Thursday being the joint stream. Plays, Plays it. On YouTube. Boys Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons, that's the day. Sunday for everyone else. Um, and it's not a Worst Games Ever week this week. The podcast is every Saturday. We do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out on the channel. Mm. And why not leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps to do with something. Are you Are right? Yeah. helps <laughs> something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Guys. What? The Tat appeal is now
4: closed.
3: Be, 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 be. Stop
4: sending your stuff. If you've only very recently put something in a post box... And it's in there now and you can't get it back out. Oh, about no. a week
3: or so. Don't panic.
4: We've don't got panic. about a week grace period to allow the latecomers to arrive, but that probably won't allow you to send something now and it arrives. So don't send
3: anything. We've got a week of us to repair our bodies and our souls before we record <sighs> the TAT appeal. Given by the size of the pile currently, it might even be longer than last year. So oh we are prepared to sacrifice ourselves for the tap pile. It's no sacrifice. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, very exciting. It's a privilege. It is it a joy. And
2: thank you, everyone, who has sent your mm-hmm. your tatum. We've only had one slip. Yeah, um, <gasps> we got a slip, um, did we? Ab- about customs charges and stuff. and $50. It, it gives 50 pounds. Pounds. It gives no information Name, about what nothing. it is, nothing. So It was posted on Halloween, was it? Yeah, if you posted something on the 31st of October from abroad uh did <laughs> That's say America or not not sure I will have to double mm. check there was frustratingly little information on the letter uh it I came through it parcel might force. Have specified America but I can't say I feel like that but yet. I'm not sure if certain. it
3: is your parcel we it, um uh, we won't pay it but it will come back to you oh Ooh it will come back to you so you will get it back. oh
2: the screen's flickering we need to wrap up. <laughs> that's that's the, oh, no, it's oh, that's the go home oh no it's froze that's the go home cue uh suppose we'll just every fallout 3 quest is
3: ranked uh on friday that's already out and also worst games ever season 2 which is a big long omnibus of <laughs> it's a so terrible we are just going to
2: leave it like no, that we're just yeah leave. i didn't hey, there was more yeah there's, there's, a, little there's, that, there's a little bit it's just that we done now we could can just we, leave it like this can we Hang just on. just hide it and Where bring back GH1. gh h1
3: no, the one underneath video capture no, device. Weird. you, gotta no, you got to deactivate it. you got to
2: deactivate it first. Actually, just got, yeah. Oh, oh defaults. Oh, oh. oh okay. okay. Okay, well, we are. I saw DE and thought that said deactivate. <laughs> Could have ruined it. Yeah. Whoops. Um, oh, does it seem out of sync now with the audio?
3: oh mm. who knows right?
2: what's happened anyway it doesn't matter as ashton said there is every fallout three quest ranked from worst to best that's a big long video it's what worse done now, now. Doing it again
3: it's worse okay
2: we're gonna have to get dan and talk to him about what's happened there and uh, yeah big old worst games ever season two six months worth of Omnibus. worst games ever episode mm, yeah. going out just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor once again mm-hmm. which is of course Dark Pictures Antillogy. Yeah. Which is out now for schools.
3: Only for schools. Only for
2: schools. Thank you for watching, everybody. Look after yourselves. We'll see you next week.
3: Love you bye. 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 bye.